0: Welcome back, CX fans, to another episode of the CX Nest podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined as always by the Xavier Woods to my Biggie Langston. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: Oh, Nathan Santo, don't you
0: dare be sour. I, I will not. So let's clap for our two time returning podcast producer. It's our very own Kofi Kingston. It's Brett Hancock. Brett, how you doing?
2: Good. I was just gonna clap, but then I realized you asked me a question. So.
0: Yeah, and also if you clap in these microphones, we're gonna blow out people's ears more than we already did. Yeah, I already. I,
1: but I'm sorry. <laughs> when you do the new day, you gotta do it yes, loud. It yeah. yeah. So
2: I just like that. I was gone for two years, and I still got a better comparison than anything that Eric's ever gotten. So why would, I do, why
0: I do appreciate you? that. Why wouldn't you? Eric? That's because
1: Eric is Nathan's podcasting nemesis. I don't know if you oh, guys know that. Enough. It's also because Eric's never going to hear this. So. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So let's uh, let's get right into it. The Seahawks faced the Arizona Cardinals in one of the most um, difficult-to-watch <laughs> games in Seahawks history. Um so bad that can we so, do NFL news this week? <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's let's do this, Kevin. Um, let, I'm going to let people behind the curtain for me a little bit. Uh, usually, most weeks I watch Red Zone on the TV while I watch the Seahawks game on my phone. This week I, c- I had a hard time paying attention to the Seahawks game on my phone, so I went back and rewatched as I do on condensed game film always. And then Kevin was like, hey, can, one, can we watch some more condensed game film together? And I was like, I'm not watching this game a third time. This game was <laughs> so bad. I'm not watching this. It was so not fun to watch. Um, there's good aspects. There's some stuff we get to bring up. But let's just get it out of the way. Kevin, we're going to start with the offense. We, we want to start off with a Twitter question. So what was the question we got on Twitter about the Seahawks offense? Oh,
1: man. Uh, the uh, seahawks nest Twitter nation uh, came through strong this week. And so we're going to combine a bunch of questions. Uh, we had, let me go ahead and get these, uh, get these names. So, Mixalios. Let's see. Uh, oh, geez. McSalios, Mike. Re- was, trying to
0: read people's Twitter handles is always like uh, a, a mission. Oh, it's 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 always interesting. <laughs> a commendable mission.
1: Uh, Ask yeah. if our third down failure was due to poor play calling or poor execution by the offense. Uh, Eggers double. Brian asked at what point we should really start to be concerned about Schottenheimer's play calling. I like
0: at Eggers double by the way. One of my favorite people to interact He's, with uh, on very our very good. Twitter. He's right up there with like JRB, JRB and is like Joel uh, McCarroll. Obviously, JRB is, the, is my, my Seahawks Twitter champ right now, but. Eggers coming for the bell. Watch out, J.R.B. Gotta watch out.
1: <laughs> uh, Maxim Hiram, what do you think of this offense? If uh, We'll get to this one in a second. Uh, let's see. Joel McNair said, why is Russ not throwing the long ball? Is it a scheme thing? Is the coverage good? No trust in the receivers? Is the O-line holding up? I think we can answer all of these God. by going straight after Maxim Hiram's question, his, his follow-up, which was, if you were Schottenheimer for a day, what do you do to fix this offense? Ask my dad for help. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think John Mar- Santo would be great at Marty, fixing the offense. Marty Ball,
0: please help me. Please I, help me, Marty I, Ball. I would
2: ask Pete Carroll why he is the way that he is in a passive-aggressive fashion, because that's the real problem, as it were. So that's where I'm at.
0: Uh, okay, it's, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm I'm, um, I'm Marty Marty. And I'm I'm trying to fix the Seahawks offense, right?
2: Yep.
1: So, so Sorry, you're you're uh, no, you're not Marty. You are Brian. You're Brian Schottenheimer. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I want to be Marty. There's not Schottenheimer. much of a
2: difference. You don't have to like re. You know, uh, like, I beg to differ. Marty Schottenheimer
1: is constantly crapped on despite being a really successful NFL coach. Fair enough. Okay, uh, Russell Wilson. Hey, George is, Carl Karl. Is Russell the NFL.
0: Wilson's dropped back yeah. 139 times this year. On 77 of those dropbacks, he held the ball for two and a half seconds or longer. On uh, 62 of them, he held the ball for two and a half seconds or longer. He's 27th in the league in average time to throw. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. He's holding the ball a really long time. He's he's not, and the thing is... But here's the
1: thing. What's the average depth of target? The,
0: well, the thing that irritates me more than that is that he, he doesn't... Um, he has a better... When he holds the ball two and a half seconds or more, he has a much better QB rating. Wait, so when like, he holds it more or when he holds it less? When he holds it more. So, like, I don't really know. Like, I want him to get rid of the ball faster, but we don't have guys getting open quickly. And so these longer developing plays where we hit, guys have time to get open or the play gets a little janky are actually the ones that are, are working much better than, than – so that I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just – I'm struggling. I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm at a little bit of a loss for how to fix Russell Wilson right now. And I think that the root of the problem is is in Russell's hands. Like the offense just doesn't seem to move the ball at all. We had 200-yard rushers in two games in a row and the offense still seems to kind of clog it seems like a clogged toilet, you know. It's it's just uh, dude, it's just really hard to get going. All
1: right. Would you like me to provide some draino? Yeah, please. Okay, let's talk about this.
0: By the way, the zero touchdowns against Arizona for Russell Wilson, like
1: that is just That's pathetic. Yeah, it's bad. It's not a good day. And so What I look at is we've had, I think we're running the ball not only successfully, but I think we're running the ball the way that we should be. We're really jamming the ball up inside between the tackles, um, running a lot of inside more powerful runs, which makes sense for the style of blockers we have. It actually also makes sense with Jr. Sweezy in there ahead of Posich, because that's something Sweezy can do pretty well. This offensive line configuration is really well set up to dominate the interior. I mean, this coming week aside. So that is one piece of it. I like the way that we're utilizing tight ends over the middle of the field. I like the way that we're utilizing tight ends on third downs. I think we could be a little more creative with our running backs in the passing game. We're doing a lot of more traditional running back routes. But... In the end, we're a team that is excellent at play action, excellent at taking deep shots, and we're not utilizing that. So, the, what I would want to do is, I would want to pull Brandon Marshall out of our offense and use Jaron Brown more. Jaron Brown has speed that gives him an extra gear, an extra step and a half. You know, throw Marshall in there sparingly as a goal line player. So we have that big target when we need someone to fight for the ball. But I think having Jaron Brown in there would give us a situation with Jaron Brown, Tyler Lockett, and Doug Baldwin, where we have three wide receivers who can all play inside or outside, who all have speed enough to get separation, and who all have good enough route running ability to put a double move on someone. And then we play a lot of mix and match and motion. So, uh, bring our slot receiver across, bring our slot receiver across and then motion our outside receiver on that side into the slot, motion, the other guy up, do some pre-snap stuff because people are not getting open.
0: And thing, I think Kevin, to, to, to go back to something you said earlier, you asked me about uh, depth of target and average intended air yards. Um, when Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has often been towards the top of the league in that stat. uh, two years ago, 9.2 yards in the air per attempt, uh, it, Yet yeah, last year he uh, went 9.8 yards intended in air. Uh, this year we're all the way down to uh, 7.9 in air. because we're, we're not, which is a
1: considerable jump. It, it only sounds like maybe a yard, yard and a half. That's a lot.
0: It dropped him from last year. He was fifth, and now he's like 19th. So, uh, yeah, he it's a big drop down. And I think yeah, we're just not. We've attempted. total this year 15 passes that went 20 plus yards in the air and we've completed five of them and the his rating on those throws is really good so there's there's no reason why this team shouldn't do it another thing to consider too is the play play action um so far this year uh you know russell wilson has not done enough play action at all he's one of the of the players with at least like 10 play action dropbacks this season he's he's one of the ones that has the least the mount he like he and with
1: 30 running back carries we're finally setting up play action whereas before we were trying to run play play action with like 13 running back carries
2: i mean that's been my biggest issue you guys touched on it exactly is that
1: 28th
0: in the league by the way in times going for play action
2: yeah and yet he's been consistently great at it and and throwing the deep ball and we're doing it less but this problem isn't new you know we've seen we go into New England two years ago. We, like, unleashed pro size all over the field. Only team to beat New England in Foxborough. And then we put up three points against the Bucks the next week. And then last year, you know, get the crap. You know, we beat the crap out of the Eagles at home. And then we get destroyed by the Rams. It's like they don't I – don't, I don't know what the problem is per se because it seems like when we have a game plan in mind that just doesn't work – it's just not going to work for the whole game. And, and we just struggle through. And we played the Cardinals, so we won. But I don't think it was any different of a look than we've seen in six years. So
1: Yeah, to tie it back to the Arizona game, we had Lockett had six targets, five receptions, along of 13. 10.6 <laughs> was the average. So just constant, like sticks routes. Uh, Doug had five catches on seven targets a long of 18, 8.2, lots of short routes. We can
0: comment directly on Doug. I mean, he had two catches on third down that went one yard short of the sticks. And I don't know whether to chalk that up to he's rusty or those are plays where last year he might have been able to fight for that extra yard, but he's too injured to now. And he he wasn't, you know, expecting to, he
1: was expecting to be able to get there, but didn't. I mean, I, mean, I game, think some of the throws of the sticks are intentional.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me too, the game flow is just, it's just pretty wonky. I think we had three or four third thirds and three or less, where we threw it. Also, Vanette like, had
0: to play so much. Yeah, like he yeah with Disley out, he was the 50, only tight end we had. Fifty four snaps in this game, which is just abs- an absurd number of snaps. By the end of that game, I felt like he was just like like lazing around on routes, wasn't running very hard. Like it just didn't look like he w- he had anything left in the tank. I mean, the, these guys have all been playing like twenty tight end snaps a game, and then all of a sudden you got to play, you know, tr- almost triple right. that. It's it's a big it's a big load for like, him to carry.
2: I don't expect us to come out and either A win against the Rams or look super dynamic but it wouldn't surprise me just because of that I mean we've I've seen this for like 6 years it's like some days you know some days you get the Seahawks that are willing to you know run it 26 times a game and some days they run it 8 and you just don't really know the rhyme or reason to it, and it just kind of... What's our best
1: offensive line in four years?
0: I I think we need to be honest about that. That's another point
2: that I was going to make, too. The offensive line looks good.
0: The thing that drives me nuts is the the offensive line pass blocked really good. Mm -hmm. They ran block okay. I I wouldn't say great. I mean, once again, Mike Davis has 63 of his 102 yards after first contact. He had
1: a was it six broken tackles or four broken tackles? He had a pretty num- good yeah, number of broken tackles too. They asked they asked him to course.
0: do to do quite a bit in this
1: game. So I Well, and Penny had a good day running the ball too. 9 carries, 49 yards.
2: Yeah, I think I mm-hmm. think Penny looks surprisingly good for how little they use him, okay. but that's not a new revelation. But his 49
0: <laughs> yards, I mean, 30 of those came after contact as well. So of the 171 combined rushing yards between the three runners, uh the 95 were after contact. Like
1: Not what, to sound stupid, but what was it? Last week it was 104 after contact on 101. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a this is trending in a functional direction. Right. Um, honestly, I think we've hit on our best offensive line combination. I hate saying that because I like Posich, but I think Posich still needs to work on getting stronger.
0: Yeah, yeah Sweezy's been passable. I'm not going to call him good, but uh, uh, but passable, I, uh, yes. especially in the pass game. In the pass game, he's he's been... He's been fine to good. Like, he holds up really well in the past game. He's been above average. In the run game, I, I'm not a fan, but, you know, that's that's okay. If you can do one thing really good, I think that you belong on this offensive That line. is one more thing I, than our <laughs>
1: offensive lineman could do last year. So, so I mean,
2: between Sweezy and Fluker for what they're paying them and how little they're it, invested, they're getting a lot That's
0: there. another weird thing about Fluker is that he came, came in with this reputation as a, a run grader and a guy who could only do the run, and then so far... At, from what I've seen, he's much better in pass blocking. Could not that is.
2: be because your expectations about what pass blocking has have been lowered so so no, low? I
0: mean, like he has a, he had an eighty one point six Pro Football Focus rating oh. in this last game. So the, it's not just it, for the for the pass game. So I mean, he would he did good on his pass blocks, and the, I don't know. I
2: just I mean, was one of those questions about whether we need to fire Schottenheimer. No. So,
1: so okay. let's let's go let's talk about Schott. But it was about whether or not we should be worried about him. Worried? I am worried no, about no, it. I mean yes I
0: it, disagree It could uh, be anyone though No it's, it doesn't it doesn't matter the Okay right now Russell zones in too much on the first read he sits on it too long and then waits for he seems like he's waiting for something that's never going to happen. He, we don't do those quick plays where you throw it over the top and make the receiver make a play, which was like a yeah. the bread and butter of the Seahawks offense for the last. Yeah, what, it's three the or Doug Baldwin play. Because well, they were
2: pretty clear of what they wanted Schottenheimer to do. They wanted him to be in Russ's ear and control whatever. the ball. Yeah, and I mean, there's
0: obviously some kind of directive to control the ball more because we run a lot more, we take less risks on offense. But I don't think that this is a good enough defense to to play that style of football. You re- we nearly need to open it up and and try to make some things happen on offense and we have the talent to do it J- jaron brown is a good deep threat tyler lockett is a good deep threat we are wasting these guys on short routes or uh, stuff over the middle and they're not getting open They're and then russ is just getting killed no, we're not scheming them open either to another, me
2: it's the same september or it's the same september seahawks but a different problem
0: and the thing and i think that bugs me too is like this is an actual offensive line that can hold up for a pass block in a play action play but instead we're never running play action that's mm-hmm. just not happening another thing that's frustrating about this offense is russell wilson never keeps on the zone read and i don't know is that him that's making that decision I think but they don't respect it anymore at all it used to be like we he got a lot of respect for that zone read they left a guy out there in the flat they left a the defensive end out there to spy him they'd leave a linebacker now that guy crashes in every time they don't care about it there's no threat that it's actually going to happen they
1: treat him like a statue
0: yeah, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's why Russ is back in the play blocking later in the play a whole bunch because, <laughs> because no one's no one's over there running with him or anything. He has to get back in the play somehow. It's just it's, yeah, There were
1: three zone reads where if he would have kept, he probably had 12 to 25 yards.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to – for a team who spent eight months talking about how they wanted to run no matter what, you know, they want to be able to run against the eight-man box, it seems like teams are like, all right, we'll then, well then run it. Because, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't but know. here's the
1: thing we are running it with enough sure? success. Hey, yeah. I'm my, my issue hat. is not with our running back performance. My yeah. issue is not even necessarily with our run blocking. You could ask for more, but what you have right now is functional. If you had Russ keeping on two or three of those zone reads, actually making the read and keeping that's going to open up the way that those run plays work for the running back, which is going to improve those offensive line numbers. If you have a couple of play-action plays to freeze the linebackers, Mm. that's going to open up what the uh, middle is, and it'll prevent them from stacking the box and crashing the run every time. Like, yes, we want to run in whatever situation, even when they know it, but we need to force them to respect the other aspects of our offense. For me, the big thing is, this is a fixable problem, right, exactly. especially for a veteran offensive coach, who I think is working with the most talent he ever has on an offense. I think there's an adjustment period for Schottenheimer that I am hoping he takes advantage of. Otherwise, I'm hoping it's a one-year stint. I'm thinking we should start seeing some alterations, especially like as you get into like November, December. Where you're going to have uh, the playbook opened up a little bit more. The problem I have is surviving until then, until after the bye week, with it being functional, is a bit of a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just not a Schottenheimer believer at this point. I, I don't see any th- innovation out of his offense at all. It just seems
1: like um, he is doing everything I worried about, and none of, and only one of the things I was excited about.
2: Well, what I don't understand is that I mean, and. Uh, I agree with you, Kevin and Nate, but like, it's not this. These aren't shocking revelations that like Russ is good at play action or the deep ball. He's been one of the best at those two things. And now that we finally have a functional running game, which we all agree objectively, it's quite good. We're not. We are using those two uh, like features of the offense less. Like, that's what's maddening. It's like, it should be all coming together. Because Pete's going to run the ball no matter what, you know, anyone likes it or not.
0: We've seen in the past, Russell Wilson is one of... The, you look at the deep ball project that uh, Br- Br- at Brickwall Blitz on Twitter runs, and you look right. at Russell Wilson, and he, every year he's towards the top of the charts in terms of how good he is at throwing, uh, throwing the deep ball. And then this year, it's just like a non-existent weapon. It's like something that we decided we're just not going to do. We'd rather just control the ball and not take any risks. Yep. And then we end up... The thing that sucks is that you know we come in in these obvious downs. We're gonna run. We're gonna run. Obviously, the run, the first run gets stuffed. Now we're in second and long. Russ zones in on a on a crossing route that doesn't pan out. Now we're in third and third and eight. You know or third and six. Right. And then then we run it short of the sticks. Fourth and one. Time to punt. Like it's just that's that seems like what our offense works like now.
2: Yeah, the game flow has been been really frustrating.
1: Yeah, and then you have just these weird, awkward, poor time management moments, like the drive to close the uh, the first half of the game. It's just, it, it really feels like the offense has yet to find balance. Like, we started off not running the ball. Then we're like, okay, we need to dedicate ourselves to running the ball. And so now we're running the ball, but we're not really utilizing the best pieces of our pass game and we have right. 172 pass yards which like, isn't just,
2: new that's that's what i keep coming back to it's like and it's like, can we, can we
1: do both halves of our offense at the same time like is that a thing we can do yeah, because yeah. there's no reason like i have no problem with 30 running back carries I, i'm great with that yeah i same. have no problem with 26 pass attempts like that's not an unreasonable number of pass attempts to me some are like ballparking 30 pass attempts pretty solid so the problem comes from twenty six pass attempts, but like what two in play action? The longest the
0: yeah. longest play of the game was the thirty yard pass to Moore. And if you take that out, it was, that was like eighteen 10, yard pass yeah. to Baldwin.
2: And yeah. I mean that Moore play was like ten yards or less in the air. Like it was not it was not a deep pass. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of like routes no at the da-
1: at the downs marker.
0: Yeah, How many? Which is- okay. So how many passes do you guys think that we attempt, attempt, attempt? This is one of my favorite things to do is ask people like what they think happened. Kevin knows this. How many pass attempts over 20 yards do you think they attempted in this game?
1: What do you want to say, Eric? Uh,
2: uh, Brett? I wish I could throw my voice like Eric, but I don't think I can. <laughs> um, how many passes did we attempt over 20 yards? Yeah, in the air. Zero.
0: We uh, Two. One, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, we, ball, we ballparked. Okay, how about this? Yeah, yeah. How many passes did we attempt that averaged over t- that went over 10 yards in the air? Six. So it's out
1: of 26 attempts. I'm
2: going to say six.
1: I'm
0: going to say seven. Three. Ooh. Whoa, that man. That includes the one that went over 20. Brian, so, come on. So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that's happening with this offense. This offense that's is just. That's what it felt like. It's just they don't take any risks downfield. They just kind of chug along. It's like a clogged toilet, and then every once in a while, you know, you get it unclogged. You get you get all the shit down the drain. You score seven points, just, but there's no there's no way that this. Okay, here's the thing. We're gonna play the Rams this week. The Rams uh, are put up. Un- ungodly offensive numbers they're the ninth best dvoa through four weeks of all time for offensive dvoa yeah. they're and they're a good defense too it's not like the defense isn't isn't holding their own okay so they're the ninth best offense and we're now gonna go in there and and do what like there's no we had to score 30 points to beat them there's no way we can beat them scoring 24 20 21 That's just
1: not possible we have got to set it up there's we should at least twice a game Look for ISO coverage on Lockett or Brown on the outside and just go, yep, our guy's probably faster and throw a deep to him. Which we know we like, can do. That should happen at least twice a game. And if one of them turns especially- into an interception every couple of games, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because that's a smart risk.
0: Yeah, especially in games where like the the, the – see, the problem used to be, oh, we can't – we, we were taking risks anyway, even though there's like a million pressures coming in. Now, you know, when you have a game that has six total pressures, like what are you worried about? What yeah, three QB, what QB I, hits are, is not bad. What are you worried yeah. about? He got hit... He had zero hits and one one or one zero hits credited the offensive line, and only one sa- there was one sack credited the offensive line of the two. Okay, the other one was like a like a scheme sack. Where yeah, they, the scheme uh,
1: sack with Reddick was just a good play by a really freakish right, athlete. And I and then Chandler Jones is gonna beat your left tackle sometimes. Yeah, He's really sometimes, good at sacking.
0: Sometimes Dwayne Brown, we got we left him on an island all game, and you know what? Getting beat one time by Chandler Jones. Props to you, bro. That's, yeah, that's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, and
2: like this year's been really weird to to you know watch the game live, right? And then, you know, kind of sit on it, you know, look at the stats, look at, you know, like pro football focus and then go back and watch it. Because I'm like, man, I don't remember Wilson looking so like functional because, you know, he's stepping up in the pocket at, at times more than he than he ever has, really. But he's also taking slightly worse sacks and he's not taking the same risks, but he still looks really accurate and he looks quick enough. And yet just the results are not there. And the it's just offense like, is just is-
1: too conservative. Yeah. It, I, we, the, it needs to be throttled up. I feel like, like Nathan said, our defense just isn't right to be able to do this. Yeah, so but, we've just spent 20 no. minutes discussing it yeah <laughs> okay <office. laughs> So so here's the thing. But it could be great, Kevin.
0: That's why we did it. I say the defense isn't isn't transcendent. You know, it's not transcendent enough to display like but ball control. Pretty good. Ball ball. But it is a good defense. Jeremy, uh, right now, this defense, it, it ranks... Uh, Sixth in the league in DVOA, their Pro Football Focus ratings are are pretty good, and I think there are several players in, in this team that have that played a really good game this including
1: week, including the entire interior of our a, defensive Jaren, line. Reed. Jaron
0: Reed was very good in this game. Jaron Jaren Reed uh, really really brought it. Uh, Michael Kendricks, who is uh, may he uh, may he uh. rest in peace. Uh, but Jaren Reed had three run stops. Kendrick had three run stops. Trey Flowers had four run stops against the
1: run game. This the team way, really brought it really quickly. And this is off topic, but was Michael Kendrick's insider trading in the locker room on his football? Why is this a suspension? <laughs> I mean, like, he, so so, what are they saying? He probably should have beat his wife instead. I don't know. The NFL uh, doesn't really make bones anyway. any about that. But here's my next. Here's my uh, thing.
0: He's gonna get punished by the government. I don't know why they can't just wait for that. But because it has nothing uh, to do with football. But I mean, here's the thing. The the team uh, against the run. Twenty two plays stopped uh, for that are considered a net loss for the other team tackling. That's pretty oh, great. Puna uh, Ford eighteen mm-hmm. pressures. Puna
1: with, Ford's pass rush numbers just uh, yeah. made me happy.
0: Yeah. 17, he only was in on 17 snaps, and he only got the pass rush seven times, but he got a hit and a hurry in only seven pass rush snaps.
1: That's pretty great uh, percentage. Puno Ford is a pain in your butt. That guy is so hard to block for all the reason we talked about in the preseason. Yeah, he, just, he starts out lower than you because he's short, but his arms are as long as your left tackle's arms. That guy is so hard to block.
2: How many snaps did Nash Jones play, Nate?
1: N- Nazaire Jones played eight snaps, got, got one QB hit,
0: uh, four pass rush snaps. Okay. He also got a run stop, which is pretty good. Uh, Frank Clark ended up with seven pressures, two hits, five hurries. Uh, really, really good rushing the passer. Not as effective in the run game. which So I think that something they should start thinking about with Frank is, you know, taking away some of those obvious run defense snaps for him and just bringing him in more during, like, second and third downs.
1: Frank Clark is Kind of shifting into like a Cliff Averill type Correct. That's the
0: way we think he's using. He gets
1: constant pressure. Like he's fifth in the NFL in total pressures right now.
0: They dropped him into coverage twice. And then on one of the plays, they threw to the guy he was covering. And he he made a nice play. Like he tackled the guy almost immediately after he caught it. I was like, oh, Frank Clark out (laughs) there. He also
1: looks a little more trim.
0: Yeah, he like, like the dude yeah. looks like
1: he's in shape. Yeah. He's kind of changed his game a little bit because he was a little more like in the Bennett size Kay. when he came in, and like his rolled now. He's things, consistent. Here's pressure. some things
0: I think we can do. Uh, we can, on defense that I think will make us a little more effective is uh, get get some more guys involved in the rotation and get some, uh, certain guys like Jacob Martin just like let them learn off the field instead of on the field. I'm not Jacob Martin shouldn't be suiting. Jacob Martin is one of the guys that should probably be a healthy scratch. It's it's just that's the way it is. I think like give those snaps to Shamar Steven. Give those snaps to uh, Barkevius Mingo on the defensive line. Let Mingo play less linebacker and a little more D-end.
1: I, I would love to see him play yeah. D-end on obvious passing downs with Frank Clark. And then you put like Naz Jones and Reed in the middle. Can we, as long can, as we can,
2: don't see Mingo in coverage at any point, you're going to get up. Can we a start? Can, I, can I
1: sneak in a little uh, a Ram, or uh, how
0: to beat the Rams stuff when we talk about this defense? Because I think yeah. we have good personnel for it. Yeah. So, so um, there's a lot of talk on Twitter this week and then throughout the the league that the the way that the Rams are beating people is they spread you out and then they um, they only run when it's like very adv- advantageous personnel or the, and they or they'll throw on you if you do anything like if you put a linebacker on a guy on the outside boom we're throwing on we're throwing directly to that guy every time McVay's pretty smart McVay I think he has his guys trained up pretty good to to recognize the matchup and then attack them Yeah the McVay's matchup. a really good OC Um so so then you get, so you, you have that happening. Well, a lot of people are saying the way to beat this is to put like tons of defensive backs on the field, especially ones, the flexible skill sets to, to, to beat that. Well, we have the personnel to do this. Uh, we can put Delano Hill out there as like a as like a, our second linebacker and say, okay, here's Bobby, here's Delano, here's Tedrick, here's Brad, and here are these guys and we're going to try to make it so that we can cover all your guys and we got guys in the box that can re- mess your day right up because Brad and Delano are both really good in the box at you know getting run stops they're not going to be able to just run over these guys with uh girly it's like the only Dude, and
1: trey flowers trey flowers is a plus run stopping
0: right. corner. he's going to come over and make plays so for me like this is the formula for us to compete in this game i don't I, it's going to be really hard to win they have right. much more just overall football talent than us and sean McVay really seems to have kind of he's on the cutting edge of what's happening in the league but i think that if they can creatively scheme to bring in like a 416 and and put a lot of defensive backs on the field you know we have really good defense back. Let's let's talk about Justin Coleman for a second. Justin Coleman will be a guy who, in my ideal scenarios, on the field all the time. He was targeted zero times while covering Larry Fitzgerald, and is a big reason why Larry Fitzgerald did not go off on the Seahawks like he usually does. I mean, yes, Larry Fitzgerald had the one critical drop, but the Justin Coleman did a great job just following him around whenever he was in the slot and making his life miserable.
1: Well, and he's consistently covered. A lot of teams nowadays try and scheme to put their best receiver in the slot. And Coleman has consistently covered, you know, uh, both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in the same game. In this game, game they asked him him
0: to cover Fitzgerald and Kirk, who are not easy guys to cover, and he only gave up two catches on six times targeted. And
1: two hugely different skill sets. Kirk is twitchy fast, and Fitzgerald is big-bodied and will just mess your day up. And he managed to handle both of them just because his footwork inside is really good. And Justin Coleman has a uniquely strong understanding of how safety and linebacker work helps he just really understands where the defense should be It's not a bad out of position not a bad
0: blitzer either yep something yeah. i like about him as well he has a great uh, skill
1: set justin
0: justin coleman though in this game you know he'll be asked to like do a lot against cooper cup and that's a tough matchup we saw it last week cooper cup like took the Vikings spine out and then ripped it <laughs> and then like slapped him around with it. Like he was all over the field for the, for the Rams and that, against Justin Coleman, you might have a, a lot tougher sledding. Um, and then, you know, physical up Sammy Watkins, he's an alien. So maybe he can't handle that. No, Sammy Watkins. Oh, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, physical him up. Don't let him get loose. And then, yeah. Sorry, uh, the alien is now playing for the Chiefs. Yep. I I, I totally Hold forgot. Hold
2: on. Can we go back to this? What Sammy Watkins is. An Sammy alien? Watkins.
1: He yeah. said he didn't even think he was a human. Didn't yeah, you hear about this? You didn't hear about this in Twitter? He no. said. Which I'm he surprised he's not getting uh, questioned by the league and drug tested. He said or sometimes. protocol.
0: Sometimes I'm not even a human. I think I'm not even a human. Like I'm from another planet or something. That's completely we all maybe space he's going to us, super though. Sam. Yeah. I guess. Oh, geez. <laughs> Kevin with the, de- <laughs> with the deep cuts uh, fantasy football references.
2: I mean, I, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with the but, uh, with the defense is quite good, but the Rams' offense is just better. So I don't think it. I mean, I don't so think we're, we're gonna win. But so, so our I game think
1: this is a great time to try out this skill set, though, because this is what we've been saying since before we resigned my or before we picked up Michael Kendricks, and yeah. that is uh, Mingo should see snaps sometimes at linebacker, and. Uh, Bobby should see all the snaps at linebacker And no one else should see any snaps at linebacker ever
2: I'm okay with that And so we should be running at
1: least Five defensive backs All the time So the question is, is the fifth defensive back um, we should be running five and possibly six, and I, I'm 100% with Nathan here. I think Delano Hill as a run-stopping interior safety in the box is what should be happening. Delano Hill should be getting every single snap that would we'll be going to Kendricks now that Kendricks is out because that, I don't it, think we have another they, person ready to fill those shoes. Yeah, through. and
0: if they go out there and they say, oh, Shakeem Griffin try to, try to do that— she We're King gonna Griffin get green. Griffin's gonna give up like eight catches for 163 yards. Todd
1: Gurley's gonna get like a thousand yards receiving in this game the just thing, on him.
2: The thing about Thompson and Hill to me is that we know so little about them, yet if you're gonna give the benefit of the doubt to Ta- Pete on any position, it's gonna be defensive back. And like they're replacing two Hall of Famers, so it's like if they're if they're 85% of those two players, Cam and Earl. I mean, well, isn't I can, that isn't that still pretty? I can tell good? you something.
0: Tedrick Thompson had 14 co- plays in coverage and was never targeted um, I th- I on his 23 good snaps. I think from he, what we've seen, he's pretty good. He's, he's Earl Thomas without the elite speed. I'm sure, yeah, he's is, a great
1: complementary player.
0: Which yeah. is
2: literally every safety in the league. So it's yeah. kind of. I think he no, can be. He can
0: one. be a top 20 safety in the right. NFL, especially with
1: Brad playing as well as he has. And yeah, Brad. Obviously. So my big worry in this game is Trey Flowers. Sure. He's going to be going against three receivers who are all really solid route runners yeah. who can all go across the middle and who can all interchange their skill sets. And they also and can I don't all think he's run, prepped to cover that. They also can run really fast. And I don't.
0: He's, he's a, that's the thing I worry about most with Trey because Trey's really good in run support. He's a really good tackler, but in coverage, you can beat him over the top and you can beat him across the field if you just run in a straight line long enough that he can't keep up with you. I don't
1: think that it's a big problem if you run in a straight like if you run like a fly route down the sideline. I think you can keep up with you. Uh, as not few, not,
0: maybe not Brandon Cooks. The other Robert Woods. I think you're right, but he runs on like a
1: four four two forty, C- and he C- has that Cooks on the football is field. So fast. It's the yeah, Cooks is like a four three eight or something. Like, Cooks yeah. is really fast, but
2: the inbreaking breaking stuff is just what kills. Flowers. The inbreaking
1: breaking stuff. He has to um, shade to the outside. I think a lot, and he constantly is running trailing right. because he turns slow. And so, when you break to the inside on like a um, a post or a, a cross route or something like that, then. I mean, what ends led, up
0: happening is it's led I, to a lot of good read picks by our teams. Though. Our safeties are like seeing yeah. that, that they know it's going to happen. They know Trey is going to give them it. They, they're going to he's going to pass them pass the guy inside, and then we've gotten a bunch of safety
2: interceptions. Yeah, and Ted Flower, and Tedrick
1: yeah. and Brad are really smart. Right. And they can take been, advantage of it.
2: Flowers hasn't been bad, I would say. He's no. just had a crippling flaw, which is kind of. And it's something I can see
1: him improving his way out he's of. It's a rookie. A thing. He's
0: a yeah. rookie. He needs to improve his, his ability to play cornerback, which is a position he hasn't played since high school. So it's not super surprising to me that he needs to improve his ability to play corner. Sure. Yep. It's like a... It's like this is trial obvious. by fire.
2: I mean, yeah. I thought, like, overall, whatever happens this week against the Rams, they're obviously a juggernaut right now. But, like, I think our defense has, has answered the call, man. Like... And you know, I
1: thought our defense played really well against Arizona. Yeah,
2: like, going into this year, the the question was, like, are there, you know, players that will be, you know, plus in some way in 2019, 2020? And I think a resounding, like, yes, like, Jaron Reed looks better. Shaq Griffin looks better. You know, we're going to find out if Tedra Thompson's good. Flowers is functional. So, I mean, there's there's so much momentum on this defense that I think is being overshadowed okay. by how bad the offense is. Let's just talk really
0: quickly about so. Earl Thomas. Uh, just because we gotta address it, uh, Earl Thomas. Do you think this is his last run in a Seahawks uniform, or do you think there's some chance that this team, because no one's burying him or saying, everyone's saying only complimentary things. Do you think there's a chance that he is actually uh,
1: playing another game
0: in a Seahawks uniform? Yes. Uh, Kevin, like, uh, do you
1: think there's? A, any- I think it's more likely he won't than he will. But I think the team will be open to it. And I don't know how much the rest of the NFL would want to pick him up during his recovery. Yeah,
2: that's like that's where I'm at with it. Well,
0: he'll be fully recovered by the BNX season. They said that he'd be back for the Super Bowl if we made
2: it. Sure, but (laughs) we'll see him there. Earl has always (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) That would be I mean that's the ultimate
1: football is dumb moment.
2: (laughs) I just wanted to go 30 seconds on it. Earl has maintained the exact same opinion and stated as much every time. If they extend him, he would love to play here. He showed up. He balled out. If they if they figure it out, I don't if think I, he'd have any issue doing it. If
0: I'm the GM of the Seahawks, I put the transition tag on him. I say get, get the best deal you can. Bring it back to me. Once it, once he brings it back, I just sign it. I don't even look at what it says. Yeah, right. I don't even look that, at the terms. He says, "Oh, I went and got, you know, 444 with 32 guaranteed." I just like I'm like, "Okay, that's cool. Good job." He's like, "Oh, I got 438 with the uh, with 27 guaranteed." It's a good job. You mean, it doesn't you mean, matter like, sign what's it to match
2: on the, it or sign it to Yeah, cuz the transition oh, yeah, tag yeah. lets you match any contract Nobody, that you can
1: I think that is absolutely the smartest move possible. Cuz people are going to pay him less than he thinks he's worth, and then we get Earl Thomas for Two or three years minimum. That feels disrespectful. Big chip on his shoulder. The thing is, and that's a good Earl
2: to both of those points. Yeah, Earl Thomas with a chip on his shoulder. We now know is somehow even better, Super Saiyan or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But two, he already wasn't getting what he was worth because some team would have traded for him and then signed him, but he wasn't. He wasn't getting it. So yeah. So the I think the injury increased the chances that he's here next year. And I just don't think he's always been weird, and it's Pete Carroll. If Pete Carroll can't, you know, coax this thing, then nobody can. And, yeah, so I think there's a chance.
1: Uh, last thing, we played to stop the pass, and we held uh, David Johnson to 3.2 yards per carry. That's the Seahawks formula, man. And I think it's because our our defensive line is really stout. Like, I think especially the interior of our defensive line is good enough to kind of take over part of a game, even against a good offensive line we can really handle things they, so i am yeah. so i'm op there are things i'm optimistic about this was just a really hard game to watch that like the flaws just, of the team were really on I'll display. Be honest,
0: it's not it's just not the de- it's not the defense's fault it's the the offense and honestly we should have won the game by nine because zola missed field goals yeah. that i think that you know he missed the easy one and then he just he shanks the easy one and then the the long one you know that's a that's one that i think Janikowski would agree that he should be able to knock through.
1: Yeah, Arizona's field is our kryptonite. It's yeah, that field, field, that goals. field
0: is cursed. It took out every member of the Legion of Boom. <laughs> uh, Sherman ripped his ACL on that field. Cam Chancellor had his career-ending injury, and now Earl looks like if that, if that's his last game as a Seahawk. I hope it's not though. I really think. I think that middle finger is a moment of frustration for a guy who really plays with emotion, and he this was his nightmare scenario. right? I mean, he
2: yeah. was
1: retiring the last time he got injured. Yeah, was like yeah, forty-eight hours. It
2: wasn't the first time that a Seahawk is flipped off his, I'm Pete sorry for what I sideline. said when I was angry his totally, this, yeah, is, I mean. this is Earl
0: his nightmare was I get hurt and before I get paid and it happened and yeah. so for him you know all it's going through his head is probably like Man, this is probably exactly what they wanted. You know, like they—I got hurt. They were right. I was wrong. You know, like he's just—he's just frustrated.
1: Yeah, it, I think your transition tag comment is perfect. Yeah, that is
0: exactly the smartest. thing. I don't thing want I him to feel disrespected because of the transition tag. I want to tell him, I don't care what. Go get the best offer. Pretend like you're gonna say, but it doesn't matter what you bring back to me. I'm going to sign it without looking. Like <laughs> it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, because yeah, no team's gonna offer him more than
2: forty five million want to pay him. And the thing is, like the butt or like the. The talking points around if that happens will be, "Oh, is he still going to play?" Like that's more, like that's far less disrespectful than what we did this year by not even talking to him, and he still was just on fire for four games. So it's only going to get better. Well, the other quick thing kinda... is,
1: there's not really a poison pill a team could put in there. That would make that's, it not It's worthwhile. not allowed anymore. Yeah, they banned it. Right,
0: they banned poison pills. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve Hutchinson yeah we'll
2: talk about that for a couple of minutes cause
0: no. man. no
1: no <laughs> uh sorry there is a a 10-year statute of limitations
0: okay, on
2: onson uh, was a good player venting
0: we got about we got about eight minutes left on before we go to the to money zone and I wanted to make sure we talked about this what do you guys want to see in the Rams game this week I mean we all think a win is pretty unlikely uh, but what are some things you're gonna be personally looking for to, that you want to see out of the the Seahawks this week Brett go ahead
2: Uh, improvement against, uh, the one man army that is Aaron Donald. Like if, if Russ can continue to not be
0: under siege all game.
2: Yeah. Like which, which this year against, uh, who do we play for the Broncos? You know, the, the bears it's understandable, but at the same time it was the same old show. So, but he's shown flashes of not doing that as much. So if he stands in the pocket and, you know, is like going along at like a, you know, nine or 10 yards per attempt clip and we're. Were competitive and you know Aaron Donald smacks him around a couple times. Gets, I'm fine with that, but it's you know the so play your, breakdowns. Your, he starts he starts you know doing the stuff and is like three and a half.
1: half you're over under on sacks for, to be happy.
2: I would take over, but I yeah. I mean you'd like if it's under
1: three and a it's half. You'd be happy half, if you'd it's you'd... over three and a half. You probably would be uh, worried.
2: I mean we yeah. gave up
1: six in each of the first two games, so I mean like I
2: don't think it's going to be six, but that's what I want to see. Then I guess yeah. You guys so
1: you want to be see better than six.
2: Uh, like like
1: less sacks than that. Yeah. Because be he nice. scrambled into like probably two of them in each of those yeah, games. I just
2: I just feel like I feel like they swung so far this year, they've swung too hard in trying to correct the problem that Russ has always had, and that is that a good edge rusher or Aaron Donald has just renders him completely unfunctional. And I feel like they've tried to correct that. And so if they can actually correct that, that's what I want to see in this All game. Right. Kevin,
0: Kevin, what are you looking for in this game?
1: Uh, I'm looking for the exact same run game we've had the last two games, mixed with about probably five more deep shots. Yeah, I was yeah. 15 yards Does or more Rams downfield. Does the defense There's, have a flaw? Yes, their cornerbacks are injured. keep Talib's out for a while. Great. And Marcus Peters, I believe, is out. I mean, the guys who are left are not terrible, though. They're but, not, but
0: you can take shots on them. But you can take sh- that's my so that's my big thing is I want this offense to take more risks. Mm-hmm. Right now, this offense is playing really conservative. But against this, against the Rams juggernaut offense, they're gonna score points. They're gonna put up twenty eight, let's say, okay, or twenty twenty six. And and for the Seahawks to win, they need to take chances. They can't just go out there run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. Yeah, run, on pa- first
1: down. Take a play action shot sometimes yeah, right. on second and just throw it deep six. At, throw a deep to And one. And right. you
0: know, here's another thing they need to do: just just bench Brandon Marshall for the time yeah, being. Uh, he, he's I think he's good to have in the wide receiver room. He seems like he's he's doing uh, goal but,
1: line sets. I can see putting him out there to but, be able to
0: body up on someone. Right, but he Jaron Brown should be getting most or not or all of his snaps. Uh, do I you mean, want
1: wait? Do you want like what then, I really think? And then I think when we want to give the a breather, go four I'm wide not. receiver with Marshall as a slot tight end. It's Which fine. is
2: fine. We, I mean, he was he was no risk. You know, he was healthy. We gave Marshall him a Marshall's a fine.
0: really good run blocker. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like if you that's why I like having him out there on first slot. down because he then when they run to the side that Marshall's blocking on, he beats his guy every right. single time. Jaron Brown does too, though. Jaron Brown's a really good run blocker as well. He is. And if you have both of them out there, it's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: that's what I want to see. But I think you know, I know it's like the cool thing, and we always do this. Especially me, I'm super guilty of this. But like, I'm just don't count out. Don't count out Peter Carroll, man. He can. He always shows up against these really good, explosive teams for some reason. I don't know why or how he can't just channel this he against... saying this
1: could be like the Eagles game? He gets long yeah, down. Yeah, or
2: the Patriots game, or any number of games. Yeah, I don't... It's he, because
1: he knows how to scheme a defense. He does, absolutely. But I just don't know if we have the personnel to stop them. Uh-huh. I, I agree with the concept. I just don't know if we'll go that defensive back heavy. If we roll that defensive back heavy, I'm going to be... Yeah, I want, I want them to. See, I will
0: tune in. Must see TV. I want to see a, them get a little creative on defense. They, Five and six DBs. You need, to, you need to think about safety blitzes. Think outside the box to beat this team. I mean, we've blitz Trey
1: Flowers and have someone pick Coleman, up the guy.
0: Coleman is a really good bl- uh, blitzer too. So far this season, I'd love to see
1: them bring some of those guys in on blitzes and uh, you know, stuff like that. And Bobby's good in coverage, but he's our really he's really our only cover linebacker right now. Yeah, with Kendrick's out, the with Kendrick and KJ and, out. And KJ,
0: yeah. I th- okay, I When's won. KJ supposed to be back? By the way, it's like unknown. They yeah. say they say within two weeks. But
2: That's rough. I guess my thing is that in this game, I really want to see them get get out the plus the plus aspects of each player on offense the same way that they do on defense, which is never going to happen. But that would be great. Okay, be so a great I'm- time to start.
1: Two last Twitter questions. Okay, hit it about this game. The first one is, uh, how do you guys think the defense will look with Bobby Wagner as its captain and kind of sole emotional leader? And my answer is, you saw that in the preseason,
2: mm, I and think,
1: I think that he can handle that weight. I
2: think um, I think he is a fantastic player, heart and soul of the defense. I'm just questionable about building a defense around a middle linebacker in 2018. The Carolina,
0: Carolina did it. Yeah, yeah true, and, true. And Dallas is a lot different team when, when Sean Lee's on the field. True. So I think you can do it, especially a guy Bobby, who actually
1: stays healthy, unlike those other two guys I just mentioned. Yep. I wish um, we
2: had more time because I forgot to bring up something there.
1: was a I can't remember which podcast it was. There was a line, but I'm going to use it now. Uh, Sean Lee is made out of uh, Chad Pennington's knees. Okay. And then <laughs> yeah, Kevin, what was guy. the other question? Uh the other question is uh thank you, uh Kimmy JS3. How early is too early to begin drinking to forget next week's game? Um, um, sorry, Nate, go ahead. The,
0: the, I think you drink early and often in this one because either either you're going to be celebrating a huge upset or you're going to be needing to forget exactly what happened.
1: That is my comment. Please go out and get a six-pack of, your, uh, of and, your favorite. And then follow it up with another six-pack. <laughs> <It's-> and... Uh, <laughs> Please drink responsibly.
2: For me, for <laughs> me, I don't drink during the games most of the time. I would this weekend, but it's my girlfriend's birthday, and she's working, and I have the kids on Sunday. So, so drinking
1: I'm, extra. Oh. No, so I'm thinking
2: I should keep it real... Uh, keep it tight yeah keep it real tight i mean i don't even want to be like well i was really stressed so i thought i'd have like a half a beer and now i'm like really pissed off because i haven't had a drink in like six months you know so i don't want to get into that brett's gonna be slamming the (laughs) oduels still still a lightweight but now with more self-awareness he's gonna be drinking the root beer (laughs) hey you
1: know i hitting that Henry
2: weinhardt's real hard i'll be slamming the coffee real hard which always helps during uh during game uh
1: game picks
0: game (laughs) picks here we go i i'm ready (laughs) Do it. Uh, let's go. I'm gonna go. Seahawks 21, okay. Rams 31. Okay, Brett.
2: Eric, God. Uh, I know I've been gone I a long Eric, time, yeah. and I used to pick the Seahawks every game, and it became kind of a joke. And I'm not gonna do that this time because I just don't feel it. But I'm gonna say 20 Rams 21, Seahawks uh, 17. Okay. It And it will be very it's a very
0: good defensive showing for the Seahawks if that happens. It will be a yeah, very be an exceptional defensive Very showing. competitive game. So. All right, right. Uh Kevin, what was yours, uh, Nate? Oh, I picked 31-21 Rams.
1: 31 That's funny because the score that I wrote down um Please, earlier today 31-21. was 31-20 oh, Rams. Do you guys
2: know each other pretty well
1: yeah. or something? Uh Eric, on. the least optimistic. <laughs> Uh, thirty four seventeen Rams. Eric, All right. which I mean, if you didn't rewatch the game film and you just went with how you felt at the end of that game, may I respect that?
2: I forgot because I
1: felt way worse after the game than I did after rewatching and like really looking at it. I
2: have one more Earl Thomas comment. Nobody loves him as much as me. Okay, Nate, hit it.
1: All right, let's do it. We're gonna have the money oh,
2: zone.
0: Uh, Wait, nope, Kevin. College game. Um, Please just <laughs> one Uh
1: So I have two college games. One of them is real quick. So 9 a.m. on Fox, Texas versus Oklahoma, Red River Rivalry. Uh, Texas has a pair of good wide receivers. Yeah, one of them is Colin Johnson. Texas is,
0: like, surprisingly decent this year, too. Uh, and
1: also Texas, uh, this is one of those things. Texas's coach only gets up for games where they're the underdog. And I mean, so he should be playing really it. interesting yeah. against Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma has a wide receiver named Marquise Brown who is diminutive and very good. They have three offensive linemen Bobby, Evan, Bobby Evans, Drew Samia, and Ben Powers who are all going to be like draftable prospects. So watch their offensive line if you're looking for like mid-round type guys who are going to be available who might be able to help in the interior of an offensive line. The game that I'm really excited for, and it's a dumb game, and that's why I'm really excited, at 4 p.m. on ESPN, Kentucky's at Texas A&M. They have running back Benny <laughs> Snell. Uh, excuse me, undefeated Kentucky. I know. I'm aware Kentucky's undefeated, and I'm not going to suck it Eat anything. your laughter, Brett.
2: It was just I just, I actually had a
0: feeling that Kevin was going to pick this game because I have like a game I'm really excited about, but I know Kevin hates Notre Dame so much.
1: Uh, I already did Notre Dame. Oh, Okay, so I say Notre Dame West Virginia. Notre Notre Dame Dame, West Virginia. Sorry, Virginia Tech. Notre Dame Virginia Tech should be pretty good, except Virginia Tech's quarterback is out, so I think that uh, Notre Dame's defense is just going to roll. But uh, running back Benny Snell is one of those like kind of thumper running backs. They have a tight end in CJ Conrad with a limited pass offense, which means he's like a big part of their game. Uh, Josh Allen is a legit edge prospect who might be one. of the best edge rushers coming into the draft
0: defense is real like the the, yeah jordan jones is a good coverage linebacker they beat florida and they beat mississippi state who are both well mississippi state sucks now but florida is actually decent
1: yeah, uh, they like Kentucky's got some real talent. I think South Carolina was a better win, honestly. And then Texas A&M has uh, Travion Williams at running back, who's kind of like a scat back, like receiver option. He's a really interesting back. I think that he's going to be a fun one to watch. They have an offensive lineman in Eric McCoy, who's like an interior guy. They have a pair of defensive tackles in Dalen Mack and Kingsley. Uh, Kiki, uh, I think it's Kiki is his last name, and then uh, linebacker uh, Otero Alaka, and they are. Uh, a really good run stopping team so this is gonna be benny snell's best run stopping test of the year and you'll be able to really see those interior defensive players of texas a&m and then josh allen should be really fun to watch because he should get at least two sacks because that guy's kind of a freak
0: all right uh let's go okay now we're in the money zone so we are first big shouts to our new our newest uh patreons Ooh. we got kieran and richard uh they're hooking it up welcome uh and then um, I'm gonna shout all the all the four plus dollar patrons because that's the mood. That's kind of I'm getting kind of a giving mood. Uh, for, Forrest, Richard, Tom, uh, Lucas, Carrie, Kieran, again, uh, Brett, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Michelle, and Nick. Thank you very much. You guys support the Seahawks. If You're you want to join welcome, them Nathan. in the Legion of Fans. Oh yeah, it's here. Uh, <laughs> if you want to join us in the Legion of Fans that are helping us make this podcast happen, uh head over to Patreon.com slash Seahawksnest or from thehawksnest.com. Well,
1: to- Forrest, we will get your second movie uh before. Yeah, the we end are of the actually season. Forrest
0: picked Forrest like couldn't decide between two movies. We did his first movie, and then we're gonna do a second movie towards the end of the season.
1: And uh, honestly, we'll probably do that for anyone else who bumps up to that pledge level yeah. because we'll just be really excited.
0: Once per season, I <laughs> thought was was plenty if we have a ton of people at that pledge level, but if it's only one we'll just go for it. You get so that VIP
2: treatment. If I know that I'm going to be back on, I'm going to bump myself up to that level and pick a movie that I've actually seen. So, because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind first of... First time for anything Yeah, because I'm kind of dreading <laughs> this uh, uh, this movie so oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin's
0: picking this week. He We talked about it last week. So, uh... Uh, hopefully Kevin remembers what he what he said he was going to do last week. Let's we're about to find out. <laughs> Kevin's looking around like I just uh, jumped in the gun. If you don't have any money and you want to help with the Salesman's Podcast, there's lots of ways to do so. Give us a like on your favorite podcast app. Head over to iTunes.com and uh, give us a five star review. Uh, go over to your favorite podcast app and give us five stars. It helps people find the podcast, which is what we want because uh, we want to we want to actually start making videos, and uh, that's that's like the uh, the end game. For, for me, I want to get uh, our faces in something or some kind of Twitch stream that where we can interact with you a little more directly. i so, also
1: just like the fact that, you know, we found out there's no, not only bots and JRB on Twitter. There's actually other people on Twitter. Yeah, it's good. So that's been pretty nice. Keep getting, it up.
0: Uh, too real. So right now we are at, um, oh wait, it was at 43 uh, reviews and now I can't. It says we have not received enough ratings. I don't know. Uh, something's wrong with our iTunes rating. So I can't tell you how many reviews we got, but it's quite a a few. Um, iTunes is kind of like a virus you voluntarily put on your computer to manage your, uh, movie codes that you get in your Blu-rays. Okay.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Uh, uh, this was about the director for, um, the upcoming movie. Uh, I, I know what this is in reference to. I can't think of the movie that I said I was going to do though. Uh,
0: okay. So, um, was it the director of Venom? I think so. Yeah, because Ruben Fleischer directed Zombieland. Uh, so do you? Do you, did you want to talk about Zombieland, or is that is that something that you? I know you love this movie.
1: I do very much enjoy Zombieland. I thought that we had picked something else. <laughs> uh, I saw
2: thirty minutes or less come up there. We could talk about that in thirty seconds. It was <laughs> fine. Um, I gave it thirty minutes or less of thought and realized it was fine. Well, it's obviously not life. the director
0: of A Star Is Born, which is Bradley Cooper. Unless you're like super into Bradley Cooper, and I didn't wait, know it.
1: Wait. The- uh, no, because I wasn't picking the movie. It was we had talked about it yeah, based yeah. on upcoming release. Was it Bad Times at the Royale? And there was somebody from that.
0: Uh, oh, that's next week though. All right, let's do Venom. Let's do Domiland. Okay, so Venom okay. Venom released yeah. this week. It has really bad reviews. It looks like perhaps like the corniest movie ever put to film, Like, which uh, would be way? impressive
1: because that means it would outdo the last movie with Venom in it, which was one of the corniest movies. Spider-Man. put to film. It's just 3? it
2: just yeah.
0: looks really cheesy and like you you watch the commercial and Venom's like it's like what a t- are you talking about? It's like a turd in the wind, and you're like okay, but, uh, Venom, no. Don't do that. And then I guess there's a scene where they like tongue kiss each other or something. And I I just don't want to see that.
2: I guess where I'm at, and I know we're (laughs) not talking about Venom, but if it's corny, but different and not awful, I'm okay with that because I just... High I bar. just can't. I just can't do like the seventeenth like MCU of like, oh, this is kind of snarky one. And I know they've gotten a lot better, but that's my lasting memory of them. I
1: just anyway. like the fact that Tom Hardy had to play Venom because he can only play in movies where you can't see all of his face for the entire movie. <laughs> uh, I just like these <laughs> reviews, like the, this review by Mike Ryan from Uproxx. It at? says he's Venom, like uh, he's like the neighbor from uh, uh, Home Improvement. Kay. You just can only see <laughs> part of his face at any point in time. Mike Ryan from Uproxx
0: said, "Venom is not a good movie, but I also want to make it clear that I had the time of my life watching it." <laughs>
2: Alright, I can already tell um, this movie I've might be, be okay in
1: my the world. Time I've heard like night. everyone in this movie is,
0: is mailing it in except Tom Hardy too. But let's get to Ruben Fleischer's uh, Magnum Opus, his best movie. His only movie that does not have a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 2009's. Zombieland. Okay, so Kevin, you love this movie. It is one of your
1: like... It is one of uh, my all fav- two favorite. I think this and Tucker and Dale are the two best, um, well are two Sub, of the best. Subvert your, uh, subvert
0: your expectations, uh horror films. Yes, because
1: I, I think Shaun of the Dead meets your expectations in ways that are lovely. Um, and I think Hot Fuzz is not a horror movie, but a suspense movie, because Hot Fuzz is absolutely lovely and charming. But we're here to talk about Zombieland. Zombieland does a wonderful job of taking things that were being done in movies and combining them in an interesting way. Like, the kind of boy-meets- uh, the kind of boy meets world monologuing put over the top of a zombie apocalypse was very charming uh, Jesse Eisenberg played his character extremely well it's it's short let's start with
0: this it's yeah. 88 minutes long which I think is a really smart move and
1: there's nothing no, no there's downtime no, there's yeah. no
0: wasted space and the movie is very entertaining there's no moment in this movie that is like right. boring or dragging or they they the, zip from I, from the scene cast to scene. is
1: beautiful
2: I feel like Bill some, Murray has a
1: great cameo yeah
2: i was just gonna say like several parts of it are you know good and functional and then there's Woody Harrelson and that entire Bill Murray scene is so far ahead of its time that it was like at the time that that thing was mind-blowing how funny and like <laughs> ah, ah, mind-blowing <laughs> thank you that did plan and fourth wall breaking that scene was and it tied it all together yeah i also love this movie that's really all i have to add uh
1: i think the uh referring to themselves by locations instead mm-hmm. of uh by names and having that kind of paranoia playing into the fact that in these post-apocalyptic kind of movies everyone immediately trusts each other for no reason and like exposing the fact that that's not how it would work, people. A lot of people are inherently distrustful, and especially in extreme thought, situations. Was clever.
0: If you're gonna have a movie with only four actors in it, they picked four pretty good ones. Like Abby Breslin and Emma Stone are really good. Woody Harrelson's fantastic. Eisenberg is doing Eisenberg things, which yeah. it, he, it actually works in this movie. He plays off
1: of everyone else really well. He was a smart cast in that way.
2: I feel like do we do we do moderate spoilers? on here. Oh, you spoil uh, I think on a
1: movie that's 10 years old you I can I feel
2: do I feel like the twi- like the twinkie bit is good. Like everything that Woody Harrelson does in the movie is is good.
1: Woody Harrelson breathes life into every yeah. character. You could put him in a gum commercial
2: <laughs> and you'd be
1: like, "You know, that's the yeah. deepest character in a gum commercial I've ever seen in my life."
2: I just feel like a lot of my
1: That dude stole every scene he was in in uh three billboards. He was so good was in War for Skywalker. the Planet of the Apes too.
2: Dude, he's just uh, good in everything. He's, yeah. yeah he's good. You
1: cannot overcast 20.
0: him. He's like John Goodman—he's like skinny John Goodman. 2016, 2017—I feel like he was—he did so many things that I liked, with the Three Billboards, War for the Planet of the Apes, Edge of Seventeen. Like I felt like there was a lot of movies he was really awesome in, and uh, you know, that's—I don't know—he's just—he does a really good job. You're right.
1: Yeah, he's a good—he's a, just a really strong character actor.
0: All right. Any, any other uh, parting words for uh, for Zombieland before we uh, head head home and mm-hmm. uh, get back to what we were doing before we started this podcast? <laughs> it's
2: better. It's Better than you can really describe because, like, the sum of its parts is just, yeah, it's just good.
1: Uh, so, this movie does something really special. And that is, uh, when you evaluate it as its different parts, as an ensemble comedy movie, it is very enjoyable. As a situational comedy movie, it is very enjoyable with the character interactions, the uh, awkward teenage moments, the uh, poor dating advice. The rules of the rules of survival. The rules of yep, survival. Yep. It's kind of got this, uh, like, how I met your mother bit thing going on. Sure. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of almost, like, it feels kind of TV-ish in the way it was filmed
2: mm-hmm. and i remember there being some like pretty cool scenes like at the amusement park and stuff yeah there's some was, great like, set pieces we're like you shouldn't remember those scenes for a movie you know like Zombieland 10 years later but you're like but you can kind of recall them so they were yeah, obviously pretty up. impactful so yeah it's. You you i, I
1: appreciated they didn't spend uh, a bunch of time in a car just shooting people right. talking like zombie movies tend to do
2: also the second Blu-ray that I ever bought. So there's that. All
1: right. So you guys Nathan, what's your weird uh, yeah.
0: facts? Weird fact. You ready? Celebrities they considered for the Bill Murray cameo. You ready? God. Yeah. For, Please tell me no Patrick originals Original script. Patrick Swayze was the, was nah. they wanted a zombified dancing Patrick Swayze. That'd be kind of amazing uh, Okay. Then, because it's like funny, like they ghost and stuff. Okay. Anyway, later version of the script. Here we go. Stallone, Joe no. Pesci, Mark Hamill, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Bacon, John claude Van Damme, or Matthew McConaughey. Obviously, Bill Murray was uh, was pretty great, but do you guys think, which of these guys do you think would uh, would have been the, the second best? Can the, you read the them next again? Best? Swayze, Stallone, Pesci, Hamill, The Rock, Bacon, JCVD, John claude Van Damme, or Matthew McConaughey? Pesci.
1: Okay, Kevin? Okay, so Pesci would have been my number one. Since you picked Pesci... I am going to go with Jean-Claude Van Damme because he would be borderline impossible to understand.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And I really want to
1: understand how they would incorporate that. Like, would they come in and it's like in Bloodsport where he's doing the splits across the two chairs, but he's a zombie? Like, that would be kind of amazing to yeah. see.
2: As long as the Pesci cameo didn't have any references to My Cousin Vinny, one Wait, of the more overrated I think Mark Hamill would Hamill uh, would. Do not this.
1: fire shots at My Cousin Vinny. You suck. I didn't say it was um, bad. I said it was overrated. Uh, sorry. Second point I was going to make, though, is uh, would a zombie with a lazy eye have to be chasing John and Van Tam around the entire episode Okay, and movie? then You ready,
0: ready for uh, Harrelson accepted the role, but with a lot of conditions, uh, two of which are about the casting and crew. But the third condition, he required the film to have an environmentally conscious set, and the fourth condition was whoever directed the movie would could not eat dairy products for a week.
2: Yeah, I knew that Woody Harrelson <laughs> was vegan from my brief uh, from my beef, brief foray into the culture. There was a vegan magazine that featured a great interview with. Woody Harrelson Woody Harrelson and, and that was, was in 2005 so I figured I mean, he's probably it, still it's
0: hilarious that he was like I'll be in this movie but you gotta not eat dairy for a week I mean bro. I can
2: respect that
0: <laughs> so alright Nathan would have been down with that yes <laughs> <laughs> he has yeah. a lactose intolerance. Yeah. Nathan's like I got but you don't worry about it uh, they, so Amazon ordered a pilot to make a TV show out of this but the, the series ended up not getting picked up which is too bad um, so yeah they, now they're making a second movie maybe it's called Zombieland 2 but with T-O-O I think uh, alright anyway like for, T-O
2: like Terrell Owens
0: for Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronnebeck's Ghost, for myself, Nathan Santa. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks. And Brett, too. Yeah.